Moin Zen everyone and welcome to the TJ Podcast. Going into round two, Cologne Marathon Sub 3. At some point between the start and end of the 2020s, I would like to run a marathon in less than three hours. It's the next magic barrier which separates the ambitious amateurs from the really ambitious amateur runners. At many big races, you'll be in the top 5% of the field with such a finishing time. Many smaller races can even be won with a 2.59. It's a fun goal to chase, mainly because it is just so hard to do. My first shot at it happened earlier this year at Hamburg Marathon in April, and I almost cracked it. 3 hours, 0 minutes and 40 seconds was my finishing time then. So close and yet so far. I wrote about it and you can find a link to it in the notes of this podcast episode. Obviously, the story wasn't over then. The quest continues. I chose Cologne Marathon because it was conveniently located at the beginning of October, is known to be rather fast and is easily reachable. Practicability needs to play a role too. After Hamburg, a summer of non-focused fun runs transpired. I enjoyed not being bound to a training plan, which is not to say that training plans are not enjoyable. It's the healthy mix of both that works best. A few triathlons, the Peter Huggett Memorial Fehmarn Ultra, and then a trip to the USA and the Manhattan Perimeter Ultra Run. It's been a lot. So a day after coming back from New York, I was tired at Munich's second Great Breweries Ultra with a bunch of other guys. And I had to quit after just 30 of the 75 kilometers. A bit sad about that result, I realized my body needed to be taken care of. That day marked exactly eight weeks to the Cologne Marathon, where my training cycle begins. This time I chose to not follow a fixed plan, but instead use my newly found experience and knowledge about my own body to guide me. The JPH plan I followed for Hamburg seemed to be good, but not perfect for me. I thought I needed more tougher intervals, more race pace running and more hard long runs. So I did just that. At the beginning it worked well, the results were promising. The intervals were always tough, just as they are supposed to be, but I pulled it off. All of them. Week 2 of 8, for example, started with a 2 times 5000 meters at 4 minutes and 10 seconds per kilometer, which is slightly faster than race pace 4.15 on Monday. On Wednesday, I ran 4 times 2000 meters at 4 minutes flat per kilometer. On Friday, there was a fun little race of 7.5 kilometers length, which I did at exactly 4 minutes flat per kilometer again, before doing a 35 kilometer long run on Sunday. That was a tough week, and the 35 on Sunday had me destroyed. I realized there that three speed sessions and a long run are too much in a single week. But I couldn't let the opportunity slide to partake at the Mottenburger Meile race, a wonderful evening event where the distance is exactly one Prussian mile, which is 7.532 kilometers. 
Additionally, since I'm still streak running since January 1st, all the other days were filled with shorter and slower runs of 5 to 12 kilometers usually. But I didn't do anything crazy. For example, the Runners World guys and I hosted the Hamburg Marathon run of our 4216 project. Find a link in the podcast description. But I kept the running shoes at home and played bike support instead. I can't say I wasn't tempted, but I stayed strong. In week 5, I did my best intervals to this date. 8 times 1000 meters in less than 3 minutes and 45 seconds each. Same week, a half marathon at roughly a race pace of 4.14 minutes per kilometer. My friend Michael Mankus noted at this stage that I should do more longer intervals now and forget about the long runs, since I have the base endurance in me already. I followed his advice and went for a session of 3000, 4000 and then 5000 meters with 1000 meter floats in between at 4 minutes flat per kilometer. Tough but possibly very effective. That week was rounded off by a 25 kilometer run at race pace 415 on the weekend. Then a cold with a snotty nose, a cough and headaches got me at the beginning of week 7. That was annoying. But it's just life, you can't control these things. Thankfully, after three days, most of it was gone. Tough training was out of the question until week eight, race week. That's usually meant for tapering, so I just did two shorter workouts with a little bit of race pace to get the legs going. A week before the race, we went to Berlin and witnessed Eliot Kipchoge break the world record again. Two hours, one minute and nine seconds is in a league of its own. There he is, very small, right in the center of Brandenburg Gate. You can see the pictures in the blog post of this, linked in the description as well. And that's it for this training cycle. Far from perfect, unfortunately. I started out weak, had some highs in the middle, but then got sick. The race prognosis from my tool of choice, runalyze.com, gave me a good two hours and 57 minutes after six weeks. But because of the sickness, it dropped down to three hours and eight minutes on race day. As you might imagine, I got on the train to Cologne quite nervously. I was in no position to make any big plans or develop any strategies for the race. Start at 4 minutes 15 and hopefully end at 4 minutes 15 pace per kilometer and that's all. From April's Hamburg Marathon, I had gotten the experience of proper gel-based fueling. I hit it perfectly at that point, I felt. So I went with the same technique of taking a gel at every half hour, starting from one hour into the race. But I took two extra gels with me, just in case I would manage to get more of them into my stomach. That's the limiting factor. The more gels, the better, generally speaking. The hotel breakfast was alright, although nothing amazing. So I added two bananas and two cans of coke to it, while on the way to the starting line. The weather is nearly perfect for marathon running. Around 10 degrees Celsius, nearly no winds, cloud cover. And the best thing, I spotted a three-hour marathon pacer right away. Those guys are tremendously helpful, but famously they were missing at Hamburg Marathon, which made it a lot harder for me. After a short warm-up, 
I followed the three-hour flag right towards the starting gate. Standing so close to the gate at the beginning of a major city marathon is still feeling weird to me, like I don't belong. Start of the race. Right away, these two paces meant business. The course starts with a Rhine River bridge uphill section and they attacked it at 4 minutes 5, notably faster than the target of 4.15. In my head, I divide a fast marathon into 5k bits. There are 8 of them and an extra bit to the finish. These numbers are manageable. The first 5k is over after 20 minutes and 54 seconds. A 4 minute and 9 second average. That's too fast. The variance in the pacer's pace was high too, jumping from 4 minutes flat to 4.30 at times. I didn't expect that, but I still thought my chances were best if I stayed with them as closely as possible. First lesson of the day for me, lesson number one, prepare for pace variance, even on a flat course. This marathon race is one of those with kilometer signs for every single one of the 42. That's very helpful as you can compare them to what your watch says in order to find out what the reality of your progress actually is. For a GPS watch, it's not uncommon to diverge a few percent from reality. So at a narrow pacing goal as this one, where a 200 meter difference means nearly a minute, it can break the race for you to solely rely on the watch. The second 5k from 5 to 10 was done at a more sustainable pace and felt really comfortable to me. The weakness from the cold of two weeks ago was still in my system, I felt that. My heart rate settled in well though. I had made the choice to ignore the number, but I felt it wasn't too bad. Going from 10 to 15 was a bit too fast again, but I stayed right behind the pacers. Unfortunately, the pressure in my bladder had built up until the point at which I was sure I couldn't ignore it for the rest of the race. I had to make a break and hope to make up for the lost seconds. At 17, I did just that and lost around 20 seconds for it. My thinking was, better now than later when I was more tired. Making up just one second per kilometer over the next 20k would get me back to the pacers in time, I figured. This, I think, was the right call. Lesson number two, mishaps happen. The way to prepare is to train for a faster pace. During training, I tried going for a 4 minutes and 10 seconds pace to have a 5 second buffer for every kilometer. This was possible for me during a few training runs, but not all. Especially during the end of the 8 weeks, I was missing a few key training sessions with that pace due to the sickness. That's unfortunate, but such is life. You can only aim for an even bigger cushion in order to be prepared for these things and hope for some luck. I managed to eat away a few meters from the gap which has now built up between me and the pacers. I can see them well, maybe 200 meters in front of me. A group of around 50 to 80 runners are still with them and a few smaller groups of a handful runners each are between them and me. Every few minutes a runner or two are dropped from the three-hour pacing group. They slow down and I slowly overtake them. This creates the illusion that I'm getting faster, but the flags are still nearly the same distance away as before. Practice patience. Eat away slowly, second by second, I'm thinking. Through the halfway gates. 
The 21.1 kilometers were over after 1 hour 29 minutes and 40 seconds, according to my watch. So that's perfect. Some confidence gained back. Now I focus on not losing sight of the paces. It's very hard to do and getting harder with every passing kilometer. On the other hand, I'm very happy to have already made it so far, considering the circumstances. At 23, one of the two paces drops back. I overtake him. It looks like his flag broke, but maybe he was just not able to keep up this fast. Kilometer 20 to 25 were still on point. I kept the necessary pace. The stomach is fine. A second gel. A bit of water and electrolyte drinks at the aid stations are worth it too. Around here, I begin to calculate, trying to guess the distance between the pacers and me. Since I'm not getting any closer to them, albeit trying, the seconds between them and me will make or break the three-hour finish. It looks like a few hundred meters. And by now, it's even slowly increasing. My legs are not fresh anymore and the fatigue sets in. I give it my best shot to increase the pace and close the gap, but it just doesn't work. Over the next few minutes, this makes me realize that it's not going to work out today with my three-hour goal. At 28, two-thirds of the way, I throw in the towel. Today is not the day. The hope is gone. Running for another hour at this blistering pace, even increasing it in order to get to the pacers, seems impossible to me. So I drop back to five minutes per kilometer. Whew. This moment of defeat doesn't feel great right now, but the relief of a lesser power output helps. So what was the problem? Of course, right away I think through all the possible factors. The heart rate wasn't too high, the sickness behind me, and no injuries. In the end, there are no excuses. The reason something like this doesn't work out as planned is always the same. It's the training. It just wasn't smart enough or the right fit for me. It's certainly interesting to see that my self-made training was apparently worse than the JPH plan I used for Hamburg's 3 hours and 40 seconds. And here I thought I was improving things. A lesson in humility. My friend Martin Grüning, the editor-in-chief of Runners World Germany, said that we need to incorporate our own private lifestyles more into training. Take it more into account. There's not much I can improve there, so I need to adapt and make the training work despite the challenging days. Catching a cold from the kids is always a possibility. Spending a weekend with them in Berlin a week before the race can sometimes steal more energy than it gives back. That's just as it is, but I'm not willing to make compromises on that end. I still think it must be possible for me to break three. I came this close after all. Maybe with some outside help. That's why a week later I asked my good friend Matthias to help me with my next try and he thankfully agreed right away. The quest continues. Lesson number three. You don't have to do everything yourself. Ask for help. Back to the race. Now I still have 14 kilometers to go. I won't give up this marathon just based on the fact that I'm not fast enough for reaching my goal anymore. But there are no injuries, so I have no excuses. My pace drops to 5 minutes 30 soon, and I realize how much energy these paced 2 hours have taken out of my body. But on the other hand, it's nice to be able to fully enjoy the aid stations and take time for proper refueling. 
Also, I suddenly notice that I'm in Cologne here. There are people cheering. Interesting areas where I'm coming through. Before, I was just looking ahead at the flags, didn't see much else in full focused tunnel mode. Now I'm fully in the moment, taking it all in. And it's great. It reminds me of my earlier marathons. An unexpected upside to the fail of just minutes before. The legs are fried. The pace drops even further down to six minutes per kilometer. It doesn't matter at all anymore. My friend Patrick suddenly appears from the crowds and has a few kind words while jogging next to me for a few meters. He asks me to now at least break his own personal best of three hours and 20. But I don't think I still have that in me. It wouldn't be smart in this situation either. As we get closer to the city center, the crowds increase again and the noise with them. A running club shoots confetti over me and screams. Marathons are fun. Right before the finish, the course leads us next to the Kölner Dom, the big cathedral, and that's also appreciated. That building never gets old. It's a great course layout. The finish line stretch is well planned too. A big red carpet, crowds on platforms, an MC. He sees me alone on there and mentions how good my hair still looks. Well, thank you. Turning my bad day into a nice one. Good on you. The crowds cheer just for me because there's nobody in my immediate area. Thanks. Lesson four. If you don't make it, it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy it. After three hours, 23 minutes and 22 seconds officially, I have arrived. This is my 70th full marathon race, by the way. But not my best one, obviously. Still, marathons are great and my fire for it has been ignited again today, not extinguished. I mostly know what the problem was and that's weak training and getting a little unlucky. It's fine, I will hopefully have enough years left for more tries. I still get to enjoy a free ice-cold shower afterwards and a great massage. And most of all, a huge runner's high. It's been a while, but those always feel great. Being content and just relaxed for the rest of the day is the best. And oddly enough, when I look at my stats afterwards, my new race prognosis went up from 3 hours and 8 minutes to 2 hours and 58 again, just because of this race today. It turns out some more long runs like this one might have helped after all. Making new plans. Almost immediately I'm thinking about round 3. At first sight, the obvious choice would have been Hamburg Marathon 2023 in April. But just a week ago, I got the news that I got accepted with my qualifying time of 3 hours and 40 seconds this April for the 2023 edition of the Boston Marathon. Now that's one hell of a consolation prize. That's something many people try to do for many, many years. Boston is the world's oldest marathon race and one of the six world majors. And I'm jumping at the chance to go to the USA again. The race date is just one week before Hamburg in April, so that makes a fast Hamburg marathon impossible. I could try to run Boston in 2 hours and 59, but I looked at the route. It's downhill, point to point. So a personal best doesn't really count over there. Looking around some more, I found Hanover Marathon, happening on March 26th of 2023. The city is just around the corner, 
The course is a flat and easy loop and it's exactly 12 weeks from January 1st. Perfect. So that's the new plan. Hanover coached with the help of Matthias. The quest continues. I hope you enjoyed this little story about my second go at giving Sub 3 Marathon a shot in Cologne in October of 2022. Have a great day and see you next time. All the best. Bye bye.